the magical planet has been invaded by a war party of Zerkos. The gypsies kill most of them, but Taras, their leader, has taken Talinga, the beautiful guardian of the planet, prisoner. Jimbird's spaceship has blown up, and Jimbird has been wounded. Dolan watched helplessly as the leader of the Zerkos backed towards his black rocket, one arm firmly gripping the struggling Talinga, the other waving his gun in Dolan's direction. It was then that help came. From out of nowhere, the ex-army man Flipper Pilkington materialised and toppled the Zerko with a flying rugby tackle, while from the other side leapt Bratto, the Wonder Boy, who wrenched the Zerko's gun from his surprised fist. In a moment, Talinga was free, and the Zerko was firmly pinned to the ground by the combined weight of Flipper and Bratto. Dolan immediately turned to Jimbird, who lay moaning quietly. Jimbird, Jimbird, what is it? said Dolan. Shall I be after administering the last rites? said Father Out. Begab. That you'll not, not by a long chark, Father, groaned Jimbird. Begab. Where are you hurt? said Dolan. One of the devils got me where me left arm used to be. See how me stump's bleeding? You will remember that Jimbird Flyflower had only one of everything. One arm, one leg, one eye, and so on. We'll soon fix that, said Dolan. I'll get the first aid kit from... Then Dolan remembered that Jimbird's spaceship was in ruins. Uh, from Log Mincing's rocket. What's the matter with me own? said Jimbird. Dolan had no alternative, and said as gently as possible, Look over there! Jimbird turned his head and saw, for the first time, the smoking, burnt-out wreck of his beautiful spaceship. Oh no! was all he could say. Oh no! Dolan went for the first aid. Talinga was angry. Will you never learn, Taris, that you and your Zerkos will never capture my planet? She said. The Zerko was still being held down by Flipper and Bratto. Bratto was holding the gun at their prisoner's head and enjoying every minute of it. We almost had you this time, growled Taris. I nearly had you in my rocket, and then this planet would have been ours to do with as we wished. To poison it and destroy it, you mean? Said Talinga. That's the way you look at it. That's the way it would be, if it could be, which it couldn't. This is not your world. It never will be. There is oxygen here, and you breathe carbon dioxide. There is grass and fresh water here, and you live in a wasteland of tar and cement and concrete. There's nothing wrong with that. It's progress. Talinga smiled. Progress towards what? She said. You know what I mean. And besides, as my prisoner, I could have forced you, right, to change into that logical box. Logical cube? Corrected Talinga. Cube then, and then force you to change the atmosphere here so my people could breathe it. Talinga sighed. Sometimes, Taris, even your stupidity surprises me. For one thing, if I had been forced to change the atmosphere on my planet, everything, everything would immediately have withered and died. 
And for another, it's about time you realise that you cannot force the logical cube to do anything against its, for want of a better word, will. Let this be the last time you attempt your foolish invasion of what can never be yours. Now, in spite of your warlike pig-headedness, I know you to be a creature of some degree of honour, and therefore I will extract a vow from you. If I restore your fallen comrades to life, will you promise to leave my planet and never return? After all, this has been your 37th failure to conquer it. Taras grizzled among his dirty black beard for a few seconds, until Bratto tapped gently and musically on the side of his helmet with the gun. <laughs> it is agreed, Taras muttered. Louder. It is agreed. And in detail. Taras forced himself. <sighs> if you restore my friends to life, I, I agree never to trouble you again. That's better. Smiled Talinga. And to Flipper and Bratto. You may release him and give back to him his silly weapon. I say, are you absolutely sure? Said Flipper. After all, the fellow is an absolute... Talinga held up her hand. Enough. She smiled. He means what he says. Taras rose clumsily and unsteadily to his feet. And Bratto grudgingly gave up the gun. Holding it had been fun. Talinga exhaled as after a job satisfactorily completed. Now. And with a snap of her fingers at each of the fallen Zerkos. She stopped the hissing of escaping carbon dioxide from their helmets, which had been punctured by the gypsies with their handguns. And quite soon, the Zircos, one by one, climbed to their feet, looking embarrassed in the way only large men with black beards can. I hope that this time you have all learnt your lesson. You have injured Mr Flyflower. You have destroyed his spaceship. And, as usual, you have achieved nothing. Now, be off with you. Shamefaced, the Zircos shambled towards their black, ugly rockets. They could not meet the eye of any of the gypsies. At the door of his rocket, Taras turned. But Tilinga, where can we go? I suggest you try Zircon, she said brightly. But it's all spoiled, and we need someone new, he growled. Stay where you are, and rebuild it. But how? You are not completely incompetent. You'll find a way, said Talinga. If you devoted half the energy to renewal, as you do to dressing up in those idiotic uniforms and charging around waving those entirely unnecessary weapons, you could find a way. The voice of Taras became pleading. Talinga, will you help us, please? No, said Talinga firmly. You must help yourselves. The six black rockets took off in a roar of smelly black smoke and flames and soon were mere dots in the sky and then disappeared. Tillinga sighed and shook her head. It's about time they grew up, she said. Donum was carefully dressing Jimbird's wound, which, though it had bled a lot, was not too serious. Let me help, 
said Tillinga, and took over the bandaging. I could heal this with a snap of my fingers, but it would probably be better to let your nature take its course, she said, smiling at Jimbird, who, to everyone's surprise, blushed again. I'll be right as rain, in a couple of days, he said. But what about me spaceship? Talinga and Dolan walked over to the smoking rocket and looked at it. Dolan ran a finger along the hull, which came away sooty, and said, Well, the outside seems to be in good shape, apart from being bent in the middle. Of course it's in good shape, I told you, didn't I? That she could withstand Ailey's Comet bouncing off her, as well as meteor showers and the heat of re-entry into a planet's atmosphere. There's nothing that owl couldn't take the way I designed her. But it's bent, objected Dolan. That, me little one, said Jimbird, raising himself on his one elbow. It's simply a feature I built into her to help her in manoeuvring round any of the strange corners we might meet on the highways and the byways of the universe. He chuckled. You never know when it could be Annie to fold your vehicle in half. If you look closer, child, you'll see that it's not so much bent as jointed. Jointed? said Dolan. Yep, jointed. Normally that all is as rigid as, say, a monster diamond. But there's a special switch inside of her, which you can use to fold the cabin section away from the engine department. Am I confusing you? No, no, said Dolan. I see what you mean. And the heat from the fire must have tripped the switch, right? You'll make a great engineer one day, me child, said Jimbird. Now then, as to the state of me spacecraft, I reckon the engine department, which is sealed off anyway, should be in a fairly healthy state. But it's the cabin, the instruments and such that went up in smoke. So, big question is, has Crispin Lab Minson got enough kit in his stores for us to do a rebuilding job on her? I'll have a look inside her and see what the damage amounts to. Just as soon as she cools off, Guff, said Lob Mincing. It's a bit warmish in there right now. Warmish, cried Father Out. It feels like the heat after flames of hellfire. Well then, all we can do is wait for the principle known as eat lost equals eat gained to do its stuff. Meanwhile, for Jimbird was in a mild state of shock as a result of his wound. I'm going to have to have a bit of a kip. Yes, well, I better be looking over me stores to see if there's going to be everything we need to fix her up. All up with that, sir, said Billy Perkins, who, as well as being known as the telephone freak, was also that rarity, a very polite little boy. I love wires and nuts and bolts and things. Right you are, mate, said Lob Mincing, and off they went to his silver spaceship. The others, Dolan, Ivan, Bratto, Flipper and Father Out went off to the lake for a swim and Jimbird Flyflower fell fast asleep with his head in the lap of the Lady Tillinga. Major General Fester B. Snarkbuster, USAF, open brackets, retired, close brackets, was a puzzled man. He searched again and again the screen of the IMT monitor, but could only see one dot. Where in turn nation's the other one? I never saw it move 
it just kind of disappeared. Perhaps, fair western, my friend, said the spy. There is something wrong with your horizontal hold. <laughs> <laughs>